Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and despite all my warning, you're listening to Microphones of Madness. Hey everybody, it's Saturday night, Microphones of Madness. Um, I'm Rodney, I don't have a name again. And over here, as always, we have Steve. Hey. Kim was Very unable to join us. Yeah, Kim was unable to Very join long. us tonight. So we're 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 back to season one style. That's right. We're back to Deep Purple Mark Two. Deep Purple Mark Two. Um, me and Steve. In the this is this is uh this is Perfect Strangers Deep Purple as opposed to um, Fireball Deep Purple. Same lineup, but you know. <laughs> we're old, man. We're old. We're old. So Miss Lucy was a dancer, but none of us would chance her because she was a samurai. And she was bitten yeah. by a thorn and uh, <laughs> Yeah, she's coming for you. She's knocking at your back door. Then along came a spider and sat down beside her. That song was about anal sex, and I never realized that. Wow, well. Good and to know. Knocking, knocking at your back door, and I was just too dumb to put two and two together there. Or uh, was well, it just be cool. Too innocent to put two and two together. All right, so it's kind of a smorgasbord of topics this week. Um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about first? It is free comic book day, so we can start there because Steve had things to say. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, just don't see what the big deal about free comic book day is. They really don't give away free comics. I mean, they give away free samples. It's like Whitman samplers of comics, right? And it's it's just ads. They're giving you free ads. They should be giving that to you for free anyway. So, right. well, okay. If you really want to call it free comic book day, I'm saying reprint a good comic and give it away for free. Make one of the current crop of comics that you have out for the month free. Do something cool like that, not like anthologies of this crap that no one's buying in the first place. Right, right. No, you get that sometimes with um, with some of the smaller companies. You'll get a you know ten page story or something like that, eight pager or something. But yeah, most often it's it's a sampler. I think uh, Valiant had a nice big thick sampler, trying to get people to buy more Valiant and that comics. Be, that would actually be cool if they were nice big thick samplers. Mm-hmm. But usually you get like these paper thin things with a Captain America story from three years ago that nobody liked when it came out in the first mm-hmm. place. You know, and you don't even get the whole story mm-hmm. because they have to make way for the Iron Man story and the Ant-Man story. Right. And then the special bonus Marvel Heroes versus Attack on Titan three-page one-shot at the end. Right, right. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, you know what would be cool? 
for free comic book day and if any of the comic book companies are are listening which they're not what would be cool would be if they reprinted some of those golden and silver age stories that would totally be cool i mean they've got the rights to them they're not doing anything else with 60 years of storytelling you know all of us who are comic book fans, whenever a new movie or a TV series or whatever comes out, we always say, yeah, you know, that was done in, you know, 19 blah, 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 you know, or, or the new, the Spider-Man costume in Civil War. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that was, that's based on Ditko's art and a good chunk of the people who are going to see this movie probably this weekend. I haven't really seen Ditko's art because that was so long ago. Right, unless you buy one of like the Marvel Essentials. Right, unless you go out and buy like Marvel Essentials. Right, it's black and white. And, you know, so why not, if you're Marvel, reprint a 60s Spider Man, an old Ditko and Lee Spider Man story? A lot of times, a lot of times you got two, three Spider-Man stories in those books anyway, so they were doing only eight-page stories. It's 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 a gold mine for free comic book day. You're not getting more money off of the comic you sold for a nickel in 1965. Right, because the people who are making money off of that are the collectors selling it on eBay. Right, so why not for free comic book day say, okay, this is what you're getting. The first appearance of the vulture. Right. Like if you're trying to promote a movie mm-hmm. like Captain America, Civil War, or right. Suicide Squad. Right. You know, uh, publish like the, the first the first appearance of Harley Quinn in a comic book. Which people might remember a little bit more because that was a little more recent. Right. Well, wouldn't that be like, or the which appearance? The appearance of Harley Quinn in like Batman Adventures, or the appearance of Harley Quinn in you the mainstream Batman title? You can do both. Well, you, you know, know, Mad Love is a is a trade paperback now. They can make money off of that. Yes, that's that's true. Is that the first time she appeared in mm-hmm. comic book form? I don't know if it was the first time, but I think it was like one of the, the main ones. Paperback. I actually yeah. might even have the actual comic somewhere. Right. But, or, you know, you can, you can, uh, first appearance of the Joker. I know it's been reprinted, but how many people have actually read that? It's actually a good story. Yeah, with the, the cane and finger, Batman number one? Yeah. Or finger or, and cane, however you want whatever. to put the order in. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, there, there's so much. You have you have the Flash series. Put the showcase where Captain Cold first appears. Yeah, that's your cue, Snark. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about me, Captain Cold. There's, you sound like Nicholson's Joker. Shut up. <laughs> Better off doing Morgan Freeman as Captain Cold. But you can get creative with it, which they're 
Totally. I got a bad feeling, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Snark. Robert of ATF. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, yeah. So I mean we have all of the we have all of these properties coming out in, di- in different forms. Um, you know, well, I, I wouldn't say release preacher is a free comic book day thing because you know that's that's a MA title. Oh well, yeah, and they're all still making scads of money off of that. So right. who knows because Vertigo is all of a sudden shut down. Yeah, that's some bullshit there, man. Yeah. You know what? Fuck you, DC. Don't even bother doing free comic book day anymore. Just make the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow and Supergirl. Everything else just fuck off. Yeah, speaking of which, Supergirl's in, still in a bit of trouble. I read that they were moving to the production to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. They're, they're moving the production to Vancouver uh, because, you know, shooting in Canada is cheap. That's why The Flash is shot there. That's why Arrow right. is shot there, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. That's why most CW shows are shot in Canada. Well, what, Supergirl was $3 million an episode? Yeah, and they were shooting in L.A. That's crazy. Yeah, who thought of that shit? You know, you gotta, sure you gotta. Thought, oh, well, this is CBS. I'm sure they thought, oh, it's CBS, so we can do it in LA. It's not CW. They can go to Canada, right? I'm sure right. That was the thinking behind that. And, and oh, wait a minute! She's gonna have to fly. She's gonna have to punch people through walls. <laughs> people are gonna have to glow. We're gonna have to have. Yeah, you Some know, effects because it's superpowers on everybody has superpowers on that show. Right, it's not fucking NCIS where they can just stand around talking and it's done. You know, Supergirl has to fly; she right. has to shoot lasers from her eyes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, you know, why, I don't know why they didn't think of this at the beginning. I think they were just trying to get a superhero show on their network because every other network had one. Right. True. And, you know, there was a rumor that they were thinking about moving it to CW, but I think that was just speculation from whoever was reporting it to begin with. So why is it still in trouble? It just hasn't been ordered. It it hasn't been, yeah. Yeah, the se- the second season had they said that the second season had been ordered. Then they said no, you know, it's we got to talk about it because it's so expensive versus the number of people who were watching it. But, you know, it's 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 weird how how they do that because I mean, CW, I think Legends of Tomorrow has like 2 million viewers an episode, something like that. You know, I don't know how many viewers. I didn't look up the numbers for Supergirl. Well, part of I think part of the problem for Supergirl is I do not watch television. I watch it all on Hulu. Right. You watch it on Hulu. You watch it on. Uh, I, I've been watching Supergirl on the CBS website. Right, and that's a week behind. If you want Usually. to watch, if you want to watch the current episode of Supergirl. Mm-hmm. You have to pay for it. Right. Or watch it when it airs. Or watch it when it airs. Which I think CBS shot themselves in the foot with that. Right. And and I, and that's not that's not a problem with the writing of Supergirl. 
That's not nope. a problem with the production of Supergirl. That's a problem with CBS's streaming that's model. How, yeah, that's how they're presenting it. It's ridiculous. Have it on Hulu or have it on your own website, but make it available as the day after it airs like every other streaming yeah. site. That way you can actually get numbers of people who are watching it, not people who have forgot about it for a week or didn't want to bother because it's a week late. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I think I think part of their numbers is because they've skewed their own numbers against them. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, and, you know, it's my feeling. I, I think as, it's one of those... One of those shows that was put out, it, it kind of like Constantine, where, okay, yeah, we're going to make this deal. We're going to put this property on, and, and, and we're going to see how it goes. But we're going we're gonna to screw it over as best we can. We're going to stick it on Monday night. We're going to put it up against yeah. Gotham. That's the thing is, that with Constantine, their numbers were comparable to the CW numbers, right? But they just weren't mm-hmm. NBC numbers. Right. They weren't NBC. What NBC wants? NBC wants 17 million viewers. Right. Well, then NBC needs to put it on a night when people are going to watch it. Right. Not Friday night. Right. When everybody's out getting shit-faced. Because, you know, generally speaking, the target demographic for that television show, for any of these comic-based television, 18 to 35, not Rodney and Steve, who are definitely going to be home on Friday night, Right, or, it's people who are getting shit faced on Friday night. Right, or people who are going to concerts on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And even see NBC streaming model isn't the best. People with lives. Well, but NBC had it on Hulu, and I watched it on Hulu when it was on. Mm-hmm. I watched it the day after it, it aired every time. Yeah. Now, what you what they should have done is they should have put Constantine on with, like, say, the blacklist. Or something like that instead of grim. Right. <laughs> you know? It's like, okay, two shows that are basically the same formula back right. to back. No, don't do it that way. You put yeah. it on on a night where it's you know, put it on the same night as Hannibal, put it on the same night as Blacklist. Something because in the old, same ballpark, but not exactly the same. Right. Something something that is adult oriented. That's like I think the BBC calls it a Post watershed where they are able to get more graphic that time of night, and and go from there. Put it on at nine on Thursday before the blacklist, you know. Put the blacklist on at ten. People are, I mean, you've got your twenty something million viewers for blacklist. Why not try? I mean, hell, a lot of people that like Constantine. Like the blacklist. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that? What was on before the blacklist? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. You don't remember because it wasn't something you were interested in. Right. Right. What comes on after Supergirl? Who knows? I don't know. I watch it streaming. What comes on what comes on after the flash? I'll tell you what comes on after Supergirl. I look at the box scores. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, why why set it in? Why you know why shoot it in Los Angeles? You know that's going to be more expensive. You guys knew that it was going to be three million dollars an episode going into the first season. Yes. So you know why why was this stuff not looked at in the 
in pre-production. And, and you look at, didn't it win a, an Emmy or a Golden Globe? It won something, right? I think it, I think it might have been a Golden Globe. I don't know if it was an Emmy. So it, it won something. Or People's and, Choice. I, it might have been a People's Choice or okay. something like that. Well, whatever. It won an award. Right. It, was, that, it won an award. It's um, gotten favorable reviews. And people, t- well, mostly. Mostly. Um, and the folks who, who folks who diss that show are, don't know what they're talking about. Well, the folks who diss that show are going to diss anything that happens. And I, I have a, I have like a mini rant about this and, and about the people who diss these shows in just a second here, but continue your thought. Okay. <laughs> um, social media-wise, nothing but positive things to say, not only about the show, but about the, the actress that plays Supergirl and mm-hmm. what she is doing as a representative, a representative of the role. Right. She, she, Melissa Benoist has taken the show or taken the character to heart. She has embraced the character. She goes to conventions and talks to kids as Kara instead of as the lady that plays Kara. Right. <laughs> So kind of like what uh oh man my I suck Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Chris, Pratt. Chris Pratt kind of like what Chris Pratt does he does stuff mm-hmm. like that well he makes appearances in character right um, Captain so America does, so does Chris Evans yeah Chris Evans does that as well um, and I mean it's just like yes because kids ultimately. Kids are your audience, even though it's on too late for kids to watch. Technically, right? It's Supergirl. It's it's yeah. I mean, Captain America. Everybody who watches this shit and reads comics and all that crap has that bit of childhood that is suffering from harassment. Okay, And, and. Sorry, but it's that's what appeals to you. It appeals to that sense of wonder you have as a child. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think Matt Smith, the eleventh Doctor, summed it up the best. As you're seven years old, you meet the Doctor. You don't want it to be shit, right? Yeah, you know. You don't want to meet Chris Pratt. You want to meet Star Lord. Star Lord. Yeah. Who? Even do you want to meet? Do you want to meet Ray, or do you want to meet the actress who plays Ray? Uh, I could go either way. All right. Well, I'm talking. To, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, John Boyega. Yeah, of course he does it too. He, he does was just too. in a hospital in his in his jacket that looks yep. good on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in in Oscar <laughs> Isaac's jacket. <laughs> big big deal was in the hospital. You know, big deal's a big deal. And yeah. You know, I think I think a lot of times the corporate culture, including the comic book companies, don't understand the influence of these characters. And, and you know, I mean you people have an idea. It's it's kind of like the the argument that was being made during Batman versus Superman. You know, Superman stands for something. Captain America stands for something. Supergirl, all of these characters stand for something. And if you 
reinterpret them to be all moody and depressive or the actor that plays this character is a bit of a dick, then, you know, it's going to diminish the character. And, you know, imagine being a kid, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. And, you know, thinking about this character, you see the movie and you see, oh, man, you know, Captain America is the guy I want to be like. And then, you know, he's, he's an ass. Or you go to watch another movie and he's an ass. Right. You know, and yeah. I mean, hell, even Robert Downey Jr. goes in character. Right. And and there's enough asses in geek culture to begin with. Oh, absolutely. Anymore. How's that for a segue? Oh, we've been, I haven't even read that article, but we've been saying that for years. Somebody (laughs) has released an article. It's like, Nerd culture has the biggest proportion of assholes. It's like it was the uh, director of the new Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, the director of the new Ghostbusters. Imagine being that guy. Yeah, I mean that guy can't win. He cannot win. And I'll, I don't consider myself to be a nerd. You guys may consider me to be a nerd, but I disassociate myself with all of that sh- culture because most of the people I know who are quote-unquote nerds are douchebags. And I'd like to think of myself as not being a douchebag. I have my moments, but in general, not a douchebag. Will I go see the new Ghostbusters movie? Yes. Why? Because I like Ghostbusters. And par- yeah, part of it's because this guy's getting so much shit for daring yeah. to reboot Ghostbusters with women. Yeah. I mean, how how dare he? I didn't like the trailer. I don't care about trailers. Right. I, I don't I, like any like the trailer. I'm not interested in the in the movie. I mean, just that's it. You know? There's there's no reason to justify it. You know, you see the trailer. The trailer's supposed to generate your interest in the movie. I right. saw it. I wasn't interested. I wasn't interested when I was reading about it in you know, in all the, the nerd culture stuff or the comic book articles and et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'm not going to go on there on a forum and rail against, oh, this guy shouldn't have made Ghostbusters. You know, it's like, I don't have that attachment to the first film. I'm going to give it a shot. And part of part of why I'm going to give it a shot is because of all the crap this guy's getting. Yeah. Um, just... To show my support that, you know what? It might be a sucky movie. It might blow. It probably will because, you know, it's a reboot. But right. it has just as much of a right to to stand or fall as the Evil Dead reboot or whatever reboot you want to look at. <laughs> goodness, knows, goodness knows there's a, there's a shit ton of them right now. Right. So... Stand or fall on on its own, on its merits as a movie. So I'm going to go see it just for that. Now, okay, speaking speaking of assholes in nerd culture, here comes the mini rant. Okay, so... I need my popcorn. You know me. A lot of the ideas for this show comes from the fucking cesspool of comment sections on various articles. Right. Um... Lately, I've been, you know, they have the episode recaps of, you know, our three favorite shows, Flash, Arrow, Legends, and And 
people are in these comments and they're talking about bad writing and oh this show is so terrible blah 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 and i'm thinking to myself do you motherfuckers read one you know know anything about fucking you know serialized fiction television do comics you whatever do you even read comics dude? do you do you even read comics bro um because, you know, people complaining about, you know, oh, it's too soap opera. Have you read a fucking comic? <laughs> That's what the whole Marvel Age of Comics was about. Yeah, god damn. You, know? you like Marvel? Oh. That's why you like Marvel. Right there. <laughs> it's Jesus, man. You think you think Arrow's a soap opera? Don't go back and read Spider-Man comics. I know, Jesus fucking Christ. Peter Parker was like a playboy for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and all of them have their strings of doomed relationships and whatnot. Yeah, I mean that it brings it's a cheap and easy way to get drama, especially if you're writing this the same basic crap week in week out. Right. You can't have an, an issue of the comic book where Spider-Man discovers a bad guy, Spider-Man finds the bad guy, Spider-Man beats the bad guy every month. You can't well, do that on a television show every week. You no, have you to can't. have something else. You know, you have to have character interactions. People are It's either got to be campy like Batman was to make it funny or you have to have some sort of interpersonal drama. And they don't just do relations. I'm sorry, but we're looking at Arrow right now. Look at the whole situation with Diggle and his brother. Right. Oh, I got something to say about that. Now, I read the episode recap. I was reading the comments. Some motherfucker said, oh, this show is so poorly written. Why didn't John Diggle just shoot his brother right off the bat? Because he loves his fucking brother. I'm sorry. Has, have any of you people watched a zombie movie where the guy's wife or brother or son or daughter or dog turns into a zombie and they can't shoot them? They know it's a zombie. They know they're fucking going to get their brains eaten, but they can't do it because we're humans and we have emotions. Do you even murder, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Or, or or they talk about Legends of Tomorrow. Why doesn't Kendra? Why doesn't Kendra just kill Vandal Savage? Right. Because up until a few weeks ago, Showtime, she was she was slinging coffee at Jitters in Central City. Hardly the person who goes out and just bashes people's skulls in. Right. Also, she's repressed the fact that she likes Carter. She's in love with Carter, and then she's confronted with Carter. Mm. While trying to deal with pretending to be in love with Ray. Or actually being in love with Ray. She's conflicted. It's character development. Yes. You know, she still hasn't come to terms with the fact that she is Shaira. Right. She knows she's Shaira, but she doesn't, she's not wholly Shaira. She's as much Kendra as she is Shaira. Or yeah. more so Kendra. Yeah, I'd say more so. 
And you, you know, you can't flip flop the character like that. You take someone out of, I mean, hell, sure. You can complain as much as you want about, you know, oh, how she was all like, oh, I'm confused. I'm confused. That's not bad writing. That's exactly what would happen if the shit happened to anybody. Right, because everybody in the world is a moral paragon that makes the correct decision on time every time. Or is an immoral asshole who can just slaughter people at the drop of a hat. Right. You know, John Diggle should have shot his brother, you know, the first time. It it creates, it's supposed to create a reasonable emotional response from the viewer because Mm. you're involved. Right. Not a knee-jerk reaction, I'm never going to watch this show again because she reacted or he reacted in a way that I didn't agree with. You know what, dude? Go go, go to Hollywood. Get a job writing television scripts if you're so fucking good at it. Yeah. The software is free. It's called Trelby. You can download it for Mac and PC. Start writing your own fucking scripts. Go write your scripts. Try and sell them. See if that, that works. Exactly. Now, However, I was a bit disappointed in this week's Legends of Tomorrow, be- only because as soon as it opened up, I knew how it was going to end, and it was it was a little too predictable. Right. I, I just as soon as they were like, "We're going to the, we're going to the vanishing point," I was like, "Oh crap!" We have Vandal Savage. We're going to the vanishing point. Yeah. yeah. You know, the timeline's not changing. The timeline's not changing. I, I want. I did want to smack. Um, Rip Hunter. Yeah. Rip Hunter. But. Yeah, but I mean, all three of those shows are interesting. They they have interesting characters. Oh, By the way, the most recent episode that. of Flash. The most recent episode of Flash. That is how you take hope away from people. I'm just yeah, telling you. <laughs> I don't understand why they put the cops at jitters right down the block, but it was yeah. Barry's idea. <laughs> <laughs> we're all brilliant. We're all brilliant scientists, but shitty tacticians. Right? You know, it's like <laughs> John Diggle comes in and goes, "What are you doing? <laughs> what are you people doing?" I'll tell you what, John. I'll shoot your brother. If you get the cops out of Right, yeah. Joe West will go and shoot your brother because, you know, he can do that because he has no emotional attachment to your brother at all. And you, like, (laughs) come give some tactical advice to CCPD. You know, but speaking speaking of John Diggle and his brother, I just, like, you know, fuck, dude. Argus has all these tricks up their sleeve, and they just get their asses handed to them. Oh yeah, and it's like you know, and 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 here goes one of the the foibles of the shared universe is you know John Diggle rockets out of the back of the truck with his baby daughter on his back. You know, it's like you know, you know who would, you know the Flash would be good about here, <laughs> right? Well, the Flash has disappeared. No, no. The timeline, the timelines of all the shows, are all screwed up. That's true. Because this happens after the funeral. Right. We had Flash with powers. Mm Mm-hmm. Which 
you, which, you assume that at that time his show is over. Or he's... It's next week is the last week of these shows, right? Yeah, next, next week is, I think, the finales for everything. Right, so... Which, which I think they all have to... The finales, I think, are all going to coincide. Because uh, Sarah has yet to find out that Laurel's dead. Oh, maybe not because there might be one more. There might be. There might has be the to last be one two. more because we have the uh, the Kevin Smith episode. Of yeah, that's right. That's right. Or Which as I don't a filler. Right, and we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, we'll I least, just want I just want Barry Allen to be like floating along in the uh, speed forest. Going, I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> No, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do the uh, the lightning rod thing. That's that's what they're. That's how they're going to bring him back. They're going to put a big sign on a, on a Star Labs. I assure you, we are open. <laughs> Super villains coming this way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was that? What was the episode? Do you guys just let the people hiding from Zoom in in the uh, in the uh, dead room or whatever it's called in Star Labs? Because you know where where are you going to hide people in Star Labs? Oh, in the dead room? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Wally's, it's shielded temporally or something. You can't you can't find but it. But Zoom was in there on the alternate Earth. Right. Who knows where it is? Zoom knows how to get in there and where it is. The only thing that saved them on Earth too was they had that uh, the the barrier, the, the fake wall illusion, right? So it just once again, Barry, maybe not the safest place to store your your stepbrother and your mentor's daughter. Your mentor's daughter, who is probably the most brilliant person on the show. Yes. What did, you, what did you think about that? Uh, biochemistry was one of my majors. That was pretty funny. How many majors do you have? Five. <laughs> Doesn't everybody have five? Yes. Once again, Cisco is in love. Oh my, Jesse! Quick. No, I think it's what you know. I'm I'm starting to kind of ship Wally and Jesse. Really? Yeah, they had they had some really nice bonding time there. Possibly. You know, Cisco never gets the girl because the rule on CW show is guy with powers doesn't get the girl. Well, then why would Wally? Well, what? Oh, mm. you said Wally. I'm sorry. I had a disconnect. But yeah. Wally has powers now. So does Jesse. Yes. Which they haven't done that yet. Right. Well, you assume that they're going to have powers. Right. That's also, how it all end is you'll have three speedsters against one speedster. Four. Because I have a theory on who the man in the iron mask is. A revised theory. Oh. It is Jay Garrick. The but actual Jay Garrick. Garrick. Yeah, the actual Jay Garrick, but it is not played by Teddy Sears. The actual Jay Garrick is uh John Wesley Ship. I read that as well somewhere. Yeah. That's because they, they did that little slight tease, like Garrick was my mother's maiden name. Yes. So, 
and he was he was off the the season for quite a while. He comes back. He looks a little beefier when he comes back. He's been working out a little. He doesn't he doesn't want Wally getting his powers. He or he doesn't want Barry getting his powers back. Right. I mean, but, he's saying that do whatever you want, but really, he's like. Are you sure you know, that's what you want to do, son? I don't want you to be... Yeah, are you sure that's what you want to do? Completely? And that's they Barry's a, dad in the jail cell they, and the real Jay Garrick is... Uh, is masquerading as Barry's dad? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Because he didn't call him Slugger last episode. Barry's dad, they write it every episode. He calls him Slugger. That's his nickname. <laughs> so that's our prediction for Flash. Four right. speedsters against Zoom. At least four. Four speedsters against the metahuman armies of Earth 2. Well, I, I think at some point the metahuma armies of Earth Two are going to see which way the wind is blowing and realize that they can cast off their yoke if they help attack Zoom and just spread out into onto Earth. But, well, not all of them are bad per se. A lot of them are have been convinced or blackmailed into doing what Zoom. True. True. And I can't wait to see who's on that list. Mm-hmm. Who shows who shows up with Black Sire? Because Katie Cassidy reprising sort of her role as Laurel Lance for right. the finale of Flash. Um, as Black Siren, the Earth 2 version of Black Canary, who is a metahuman with the sonic scream. So a lot of folks are saying that she's going to take over. She's going to actually come back to the sh- Arrow as a metahuman. Well, she's supposed to be on Arrow next season, isn't she? I don't know. I haven't seen the seen the cast list. I, I, I mean, I we've seen the years. we've seen the body. Yes. You know, I mean, that's the rule in comics, television, and movies. They aren't dead until you see the body. They took us back to the morgue and showed us the body. They did. They showed us a body. They showed us Laurel's body. They pulled the sheet off, and it was Laurel Lance. And which I would say that's some solid acting by Paul Blackthorne in that episode. Yeah. And the episode prior where he finds out, it looked like he was just going to just die. See, now, I just read an article, speaking of comment section, which listed the... Uh, the Actors that are pulling down otherwise good shows. And he made that list for Arrow. What? He at let me tell you, Wentworth Miller made the list for Captain Cole. What? Yeah, exactly. <coughs> it was on Looper or something, so Oh that's know. that's that's bullshit. Looper is like what is that, like some Thinking it's about television shows and threatening uh, female game makers? Probably. Yeah. 
we just want to say, oh, I want to say, I don't want to speak for Rodney. Fuck Luther. John Constantine, salute. Piss off, mate. <laughs> Speaking of John Constantine, for a one-time thing, he is running shit on Arrow. His name gets dropped all the time. What did you think about the uh, Zatanna, not Zatanna? They dug deep for that character. They dug so... She was, she was like a minor character in Birds of Prey. And, and they just... <laughs> Buller, I was like, "Good lord, these guys are." Had to have somebody. Yeah, who is? At who is first, coming I thought up? it was going to be. At first, I thought it was going to be Zatanna. Zatanna or Sargon or or yeah. Madame Xanadu. Yeah. No, they. they pulled well, I thought it was going to be Zatanna because they they showed this woman. She's you know, looks very Zatanna like Spanish. <laughs> Dresses like Madame Xanadu. Dark hair. I, that's what I thought. And plus, my the whole because the like the night before I watched it, I made that crap about Zatanna defeating the mythos by saying Cthulhu turned to shit, turned to dog shit. Right. <laughs> it you could know. happen. Yeah, but no, no Xanadu, no, uh, no yeah. Zatanna. They they pull out Mama Fortuna. And it's like, wow, whose idea was this? Because <laughs> I had to go looking for her, and you can't. You, you, you find, you have to piece it together from references in other articles as to who this character is. So it's not like they went on, they go on the Wikipedia and just pull characters off of Wikipedia. Right. You know, these guys are pulling from the deep archives of uh, and it's birds of prey so of course it's got that whole batman green arrow crossover so they're like really digging into the lore right um yeah that was that was kind of neat but yeah john constantine running things from behind the scenes it's like finally got to talk to constantine yeah Finally, you know, uh, I don't have a totem or anything. Well, that tattoo John gave you way back right. in episode four, you know, is yeah. more powerful than you think. Just be easier just to have Constantine on the damn show. Well, yeah. well now that he was able to contact Constantine, maybe we'll get to see Constantine in the finale. Well, there I'm is not a, holding my breath. Both Legends and... Um, Arrow are bringing in mystery characters in the finale. Mm. We don't know who they are. Legends, excuse me, is supposed to be adding a beloved character to the cast, but they won't say who it is. Um, and they're supposed to team up with an unlikely ally or something. It's going to be the vigilante. The vigilante. Jonah Hex <laughs> shows up on Arrow. <laughs> Uh, that was a good episode too. I like that episode. Yeah, that was a really good. I don't. I read a lot of articles that people are saying that Legends of Tomorrow is boring, and I, I just don't get it. I don't see it. I look forward to it every week. 
I mean, everybody talks so much about all the Easter eggs in any given episode or any movie. Legends of Tomorrow is full of Easter eggs. That's all. It's a big Easter egg. Yeah. I mean, hell, they are looking. I think they're doing World War, a lot of World War II set stuff in season two. Mm. And they're looking to add two more regular cast members for season two. It would be Steve Trevor. Now, the the speculation I hear is possibly Lady Blackhawk. Hmm. Someone from the past and someone from the future as they're looking to cast. They're looking to cast another hero on Arrow. Since we're going to see more Mr. Terrific next season as well. Can you hear that? What's that? Green Lantern? Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Wow. Not just any Green Lantern. Steve's favorite Green Lantern. Guy Gardner. No, John Stewart. I thought Guy Gardner was your favorite. Guy Gardner is my favorite, but I'd rather see John Stewart. Yeah. Guy Gardner wouldn't last on Arrow as a personality. No, he'd uh, they'd, they'd pull a JLI. Uh, Ollie, Ollie would one-punch him. him. Right. Ollie would one-punch him. It'd be, it'd be funnier, though, if uh, Speedy one-punched him. Poor Speedy. She didn't see yeah. that. I'm, but no. really, your boyfriend is, works for a known associate of the person you've been fighting all season, and you don't think they're going to use him to get to you. I mean, yeah, he's he's been working with dark. dark. He's been working with dark the whole time. Oh, of course, he has. He had the yellow pills. Well, no, he had the yellow pills, but you know. When he signed on as Oliver's campaign manager. I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think he was turned. I think it was all part of the plan. I think he was turned. Well, I guess we'll find out next week. Because, you know, he didn't show up, you know, and he was always like, no, don't challenge Dark in public. Don't challenge Dark in public. Oliver Channels challenges Dark in public. And he's like, well, I guess I don't have a job, really. You're just going to do whatever you want. <laughs> Possibly. He just might be a smarmy asshole to begin with. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, the supervillains on Green Lantern are the mo- or Green Arrow or Arrow are the most polite supervillains ever. Everybody knows that Oliver is Green Arrow. They know who everybody is. Mm-hmm. But they're not like outing that. Yeah. Even Merlin. I mean, and it's not like Dark hasn't been arrested, put in jail, and then escaped. So, what has he got to lose by saying all of the things? True. Well, he couldn't have said it during the election because I'm sure there were, he would have got a lot more votes. Right. But he could say it now. Especially since his since uh, Ruve is trying her damnedest to make them all look bad. Yeah, true, true. We'll just like that all pick why up. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Merlin 
betrayed Oliver, but never said, oh, by the way, it's Oliver. Dark had to figure it out for himself. Right. I guess maybe to protect his dog life. Yeah. They're very polite supervillains. They don't like to fight dirty. Yeah, what about this bromance between Dark and Merlin? Yeah, that's weird. I know. Well, I think Merlin's trying to play an angle. I think we actually might see not not Merlin side with Oliver, but um, try and make a power play. Because mm-hmm. I don't think Merlin does very well as a sidekick. No. But I'm surprised there is any scenery left after the two of them have a scene together. <laughs> <laughs> Those two, they they are great together, though. Yes, they are. Someday you're going to have to tell me how you get in and out of here. A magician never reveals his secrets. Oh, what? You're going to pull a coin from behind my ear next? <laughs> yes, they, they, they're like an old married couple. Actually, there was a tone shift for Dark after the crossover. After that scene where the Flash ran by him and he's like, wow, what was that? <laughs> they they kind of let him uh, crack a few more jokes. Right. And he gets well, good you know, jokes. That's just, that's just Barry. Barry just lightening everything up. That's what he does. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And Barry, Barry, the speed force just... Phew, Exposure to it just changes your character. Hey, I'm a big asshole, but now I can be a funny big asshole. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this part. I can do this all day. <laughs> Damien Dark has to be one of the best, best villains they've picked so far. He is. I like him a lot better than uh, Raz Abdul. Yes, I didn't really like that outside. He was all right, but the whole Razak Ghoul was just done to death with Batman. Yeah, possibly. He just didn't have the 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 gravitas. You know, it's kind of like Razak Ghoul is kind of a Doctor Doom type of character that has to have a certain something. Yes, that you know you can't really define, but you know it when you see it. I think the problem is that they've reduced him to this head of the League of Assassins, and that's what he is. Right. And and, and he's not. Ra's al Ghul, that's a means to the end, and the end is wiping out two-thirds of the human population so that the Earth can heal itself. Right. Which is which, oddly, is Hive's plan. Which, but here, I'll, I'll go and I'll blame Batman begins on this. It's it's this petty revenge upon a city. Mm-hmm. And that's what dro- drove Al Ghul and Batman in those movies. And that's what drives him in Arrow or drove him in Arrow. And it just makes him, it's not, you're not fighting this huge supervillain. You're fighting a guy who's the head of the League of Assassins. Yeah, right. you can he kicks a lot of ass and everything, but the stakes aren't high enough right. for, for Ra's al Ghul. Right. But Damien Dark is a supervillain. 
Yes. You know, Damien Dart, the stakes are high. Right. Actually, and I think Damien Dart is the first supervillain to be on Arrow. They – was it in Legends of Tomorrow where they basically said, why do you think Damien Dart is going after Star City? Because it's a nexus? Yeah. Yep. That, that was in this week's Legends of Tomorrow, right? That's right. Yeah. So Vandal, Vandal Savage said it. Vandal Savage right. knew what Ives' plan was all along. Right. Well, I mean, Vandal Savage. And that's the thing is they have Vandal Savage has that gravitas. Oh, God, yeah. You know, if they don't stop Vandal Savage, everything is fucked. That actor... The actor has that that mm, that type of thing. He could have been Rachel Ghoul. If they don't they stop Dark, everything is fine. And Zoom is that way too. Zoom oh, yeah. is like if they don't Zoom is the worst of them all because he's like he doesn't care. He doesn't have this ultimate plan of saving the world by destroying it or saving the world by controlling it. He just wants to kill everybody because he's a psychopath who watched his dad beat his mother, who should be dead. Yeah, but who should be dead, but is not because of the particle accelerator explosion. Mm -hmm. Bad timing. Yeah, Teddy Sears has has done a great job flip flopping. Yeah, going from wow, he's a great Jay character. Wow, I thought Derek was great. I I was totally invested, totally lost stock and barrel like Jay Garrick. Right, and then he's like, "I'm Zoom," and it's like, "Fuck!" And then he starts being Zoom, and he's just this scuzzy guy. Yeah, and and he's all like creepy serial killery. Oh, I will get you to love me, Caitlin. And I will kill all of Central City to do it. It puts the lotion on its uh, else it gets the hose again. Yeah, yeah and, and even like last year with uh, the reverse flash, you didn't, you didn't have that because his whole goal was kill Flash, get back home. Right, that's it. So, you, yeah, he was a super villain. He was a badass, but he wasn't like If you lose, everything is fine. Right. <laughs> and I, I think that's – how are you going to top that though, next season? Where do you go from there? I have no idea where you go from there because where I don't do think – like they'll, the they'll be shooting uh, Prison Break soon, so it's not like they're going to be bringing Captain Cold back. No, they, yeah. I, they might have even – they started shooting uh, maybe. Up, I think they're, they're done with Vancouver. Legends of Tomorrow. So They're up in Vancouver. I've got a picture on my Twitter of, of uh, Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell on set. Nice. In their so, prison break characters. Nice. Which is weird because Michael Schofield died in prison break. Or did he? he was, they're going to cross prison break over with Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> And their characters are not their characters from Prison Break. They are Heat Wave and Captain Cold. Well, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, we 
we this is season one because we rambled on for an hour about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we'll close it off to talk about um, Changa and the Jade Obelisk. Uh, yeah. There's a link in the video description to the Seed and Spark page. Uh, they're trying to generate interest in getting this cartoon as animated series, uh, Sword and Soul, based on some of Milton Davis's work, one of Milton Davis's right. characters. Um, Changa. Um, the, the, the original anthology is Changa Safari. Changa Safari. I think, there's, I think there's two volumes of Changa Safari and then a volume called Before the Safari, mm-hmm. which is the prequel. Right, right. And Ch- Changa is, is Milton Davis's re- recurring hero, his Conan, if you will. Right. And he also wrote a uh, so far five part story to tie into the Jade Obelisk story right. uh, called The Gate, which is available for free on Milton Davis's blog. Um, what is what is that link again? Uh, is that MK Media? Or MV? MVK Media. Oh, I keep on forgetting. His is that one, and, and Ojitade's is Chronicles of Harry. Right? right. I believe if you, if you put in, like, Wagadu blog... If you do a search for it, I'll put the the actual link to the first part in the show notes. But if you search for the Wagadu blog, uh, Milton Davis's blog, uh, you'll be able to find it. Uh, it's and basically what they're doing is they're trying to drum up support. They're not crowdsourcing. Uh, they are currently in the process of storyboarding. Uh, they've got some test animation on the. Uh, it's greenlit. They have enough money to greenlit it, right? Yeah, it's it's greenlit. They're trying to find distribution, so they're trying to show that there's enough interest in this uh, series. Right, and the animation yeah. test looks good. I mean, yeah. it's just movement and everything. But I mean, they they know what they're doing. It's not mm-hmm. it's not crappy animation. And it has a it has a very uh, uh, Dini Tim style. Yeah, yeah. Simple. Mm-hmm. Simple lines, recognizable characters. Right. So, yeah, I mean, um, you know, Sword and Soul is, is, a, is a genre that really needs some, some support. It needs more representation. So get out there. Speaking of which. Yes. The Key Conga Kickstarter is right around the corner. Uh, to Davis, it's going to happen after the the combat doing. Right, they're doing a so big they're doing, play test. They're doing a Black Science Fiction Writers Con. Mm-hmm. I think the play test is on hold. Ah, that sucks. But they are going to go with the Kickstarter because I, I wrote to him and asked him if he was broadcasting it because I was going to offer our services. <laughs> but uh, he, he told me that it was on hold. The playlist was on hold. And they were mainly doing it to get footage for the Kickstarter, right? And the Kickstarter will be going live after this con, which is great because I need to generate some money so I can contribute to it. Exactly. Exactly. We'll. Uh... We'll throw up a, a link and an article on the blog. That's your yeah, that's your assignment is is uh, 
for your next blog entry is to uh, do a roundup of Changa and uh, Kikanga. Okay, I was going to write about. Like no, I was actually going to write my thoughts about DMing massive narrow applicant for a year, but sure. Oh, you could do that too. <laughs> you can do that as well. Um, yeah, happy anniversary, yeah. massive Narlapotep. Monday Night Heroes, one year old this week. Woo! Yeah. And we're all dead. That's a long... I am not that kind of a keeper. (laughs) Hey, it was your idea. What do we got to do? Oh, let's do Master of Narlapotep. No, this is how it happened. I bought Master of Narlapotep like off of Amazon or something. Right. My plan was to find people around here to have like a weekly gaming session and do it here. Right. Like live and in person. But I don't know anybody who wanted to do it. Right. So I complained about it on Facebook. And all you guys were like, oh, I totally do that. Yeah, we should do that. It's like, okay, we'll just do it. Right. And thus Monday Night Heroes were born. That's how it happened. Because you wanted to do, you wanted to do a gaming night for the. I channel. did, I did, but I didn't think it was going to be like this involved thing. I <laughs> thought, I honestly thought Master Dialectic wasn't going to last as long, and it may not have lasted as long if we had uh, played every week. But you know, playing every week, at least you get to play every other week. You know, right. you, get, you get that week off, sometimes two, in between episodes to uh, yeah. prepare. There's a lot of prep involved in this game, just because a it's so old, right? And b just parts of it need to be smoothed over a little bit, <laughs> and some parts need to just be blatantly edited for content. Right, well, I mean, that's, that's, I'm not even complaining about that anymore because that now I just automatically do that. No, but like, you know, I've added my own adventures in there to right. like make things transitionally smooth. And I've like, trying to up the paranoia level, I've made some NPCs, the cultists who normally weren't supposed to be cultists. Like the whole cops are cultists thing in the first part. Right. I did that because I thought, well, that'd be cool. Like, you go to the cops and the cops end up, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get them too. What a great... What a great way to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I mean that's fun. a pulp... That's a pulp um, trope. Yep. Sure is. All right. Well, that's that's all that's all she wrote. I do I do have a book recommendation for you guys. I'm going to show it on camera, but I'll I'll read it out. Right here we have the Twilight Zone: The Shadow. All right. This is a new comic from Dynamite. Uh, they've only got one issue out that I've seen. Uh, it's written by David Avalone, and art is uh, Dave Acosta. It's if you read the Shadow over Innsmouth, the uh, Lovecraft Shadow crossover that was kind of mediocre at best. I liked it. This particular crossover 
the Twilight Zone, the Shadow, is great. I mean, the first issue was just weird enough. Uh, and if there is a second issue, because it says here the next issue is going to be like the Voice of the Shadow or something like that. Is that a prestige format? Nice, um, nice uh, cardboard cover. No, it's uh, it's standard, standard uh, cover. It looks it looks well built. Maybe it's it's dynamite, man. Dynamite turns out like really quality stuff. Dynamite. I mean, hell, there you go. There's uh, the Red Sonia that came out the same month. And I haven't gotten to the new writer of Red Sony yet, but Gail Vetzer, so she's got to be good. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So future topics. Next week we have uh, Mike Mason. Yep. Mike Mason will be on next week to talk uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, the best role-playing game of all time. Um, Guaranteed movie trailer man voice throughout that episode. Yes. So if you're um, watching for the jokes, you'll get that one at least. It's going to be. Uh, we're going to be doing that one at six because Mike's in the UK. Right. That'll be an early episode. So six p.m. our time. Yes. All right. And this is in the UK. And I am currently trying to get this cat named Stuart R. Whalen on. Okay. And he is uh, working on a video project called um, Miskatonic, The Miskatonic Files. Hmm. We're, and uh, we're trying to get him on. I have made a request to get materials from him, but he's not answering me as of yet. So. Right. Stuart, I know you, every once in a while, you actually listen to the show because you liked last week's show, or you liked Friday Fungi, so if you're listening to this, we want you on, man. Yeah. Um, also, uh, we will be revisiting the second half of Cthulhu live streaming. That's we right. thought it over, and we just couldn't leave it standing at just talking about the first half of the book. Right. And in reading... Um, like three or four stories past where I was mm-hmm. um, two weeks ago, and uh, it, the stories are definitely progressing better. I think. You think? Okay. Cool. Cool. I haven't. I haven't been able to get back into it yet. And we got shamed by Solomon. <laughs> oh, well, we didn't get shamed, but you know. <laughs> no, we didn't. But you know, it's, it's one of those things. Is you know, we try to be fair, and. You know, this way we can dig into the second half of the book with a clear mind. You know, without all of those preconceptions from forming opinions on a deadline. Right. So we'll probably. Also, well, also, we gave, we read all of Key Conga and we like spent considerable time on every story for that. So it's only fair that we. At the very least, read the whole thing. Right, right. So we'll do a second part on that. And I think in the future, that's what we should do is anytime we read an anthology or a longer book, just break it into two parts. Right. That way, yeah, you're not rushing to do it. Um, The only uh, only other thing is Cthulhu Sattva is coming out this month. Cthulhu Sattva is coming out this month. 
Um, you can still pre-order it. Yep, pre-order. They're looking for the first hundred pre-orders to enter into a contest for lots of Cthulhu Sattva-related swag. I believe they're prints of the cover art, which is fucking bomb. Uh, there are T-shirts, uh, all sorts of goodies. So, yeah. Um, check out the Microphones of Madness page. We'll also put that up on Twitter. We'll throw a link in the description of the video. Uh, yeah, I woke up late, so I didn't have a t- chance to get all these links in the description beforehand. Um, yeah, so got a busy, busy time ahead of us. And, of course, Monday night, we'll be doing Monday Night Heroes. And we um, can say definitely, without a doubt, that Nick will be running the third part of the first part of uh, Time to Harvest. Right. Part Chapter 3, Part 1. Or, no. Right. Chapter 1, Part 3. Of Time to Harvest, the Chaosium event. Event. A time to harvest. We'll talk a little bit about that with Mike Mason too. Since yeah, he's yeah, involved yeah. in that project as well. That's true. Uh, and then Friday Fungi will be back on Friday. If anybody survives. So those times. Uh, Monday Night Heroes, 9.30 Eastern Time, Mondays. Friday Fungi, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. And as always, Saturday Night, Microphones of Madness. 9.30 p.m. Saturday. Um, the not, podcast... Not, not this week. It's not as always. It's going to be that. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Six <laughs> this week. We said that already. Mostly always. Mostly but not, always. But not next week. Um, Microphones Madness, the podcast, is available on Podbean, mnh.podbean.com. Uh, We're also available through iTunes and Google Play. So, yeah, and I uh, guess if you actually leave comments and reviews on iTunes and Google Play, it makes us yeah. look good. Makes us look good. I think it boosts us in the search rankings and stuff like that. Yeah, so if, if you listen to it on the podcast, leave a comment. Yeah, absolutely. Rating, unless you don't like it, but then why would you listen to it? So Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so do that. Have those people who write shit in the comment sections just to hear your own keyboard clacking. Yeah, clack, 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 clack. Why didn't John Dickel shoot his brother right away? I would have just capped his your ass. Pod- your podcast sucks. Your podcast sucks. It's bad writing. Because you, because you like John Diggle. <laughs> you like John Diggle. Why are you talking about Supergirl? As a matter of fact, Steve Rosenstein lives at. I'm gonna. He's gonna dox me anyway. So. Why is he gonna dox you? You haven't like. Because that's what that's what the the bottom feeders that live in their mother's basements do when when they can't win an argument. No, what they're gonna dox us for is for saying things like the supertorial, supertorial office. At DC is a bunch of chauvinist pigs hiding a potential sexual predator in their midst. Yeah, <laughs> so, with on that note, <laughs> we're going to call it a night. Happy Mother's Day. 
Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And to all the motherfuckers out there. John Constantine salute to you. All right. Piss off. It's all about the lighting. Yeah. All right. So until then, I'd say say goodnight, Gracie, but it's just the two of us, so you know. I know. Piss off, everyone. Yeah, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Good night. Microphones of Madness is a member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcasting Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.